0: I feel that um, even my suffering, when I was tortured, I was not angry, I was not discouraged, because I know I was fulfilling what Jesus said. So it gave me courage, even though physically I have pain, physically I am tired, but deep in my spirit, I'm fulfilling what Jesus has said.
1: Hi, and welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Pleasure, friend, to have you stop by on today's show. I want to welcome Bishop Dr. Michael Yimba. He's the founder of Jesus is Lord Ministries. He and his wife, Rose, are working very diligently for the Lord in this ministry. He's going to be the guest speaker at the upcoming 2022 Overcoming Abuse God's Way Banquet. Titled Broken for Such a Time as This, taking place at Bellevue Baptist Church, 2000 Appling Road in Cordova, Friday, August 26th from 6 to 8 p.m. There's going to be a dinner and a silent auction. Tickets are just $35 at Eventbrite, Overcoming Abuse God's Way. Host for the evening is Overcoming Abuse God's Way director Janet Knapper and her husband Kenneth, worshiped by Paul Burks and Asha Saxophonist. Great music. A Great Time of Fellowship Supporting a Wonderful Work Overcoming Abuse God's Way. The guest speaker, as I mentioned, Bishop Dr. Michael Yimba from South Sudan, and he's on the phone with us right now. Pastor Yimba, welcome to Bot Radio Network in Memphis, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you, Taylor, for the uh, opportunity for me to come
1: and be on air with you. Thank you so much. Well, South Sudan remains in a serious humanitarian crisis, some two-thirds of South Sudan's population, 8.9 million people, are estimated to need humanitarian assistance in 2022. That's an increase of 600,000 since 2021. South Sudan has 64 tribes, with the largest being the Dinkas, who constitute about 35% of the population and predominate in the government. Pastor, can you tell us what the difference is about today's South Sudan compared to the period when you were born and raised in South Sudan.
0: The difference is today, uh, when I was born, I was born into a war. Uh, My parents uh, were on run every night, every day, because the Muslim soldiers was after them. They... uh, was after them to convert them to Islam. So, it was a difficult life, Uh, you survive day by day and you don't know whether you'll sleep in your small hut or you are going to sleep in the jungle, under the trees. Uh, But now, today, it's after independence in uh, July 9, 2011 where we got our independence as a nation of South Sudan, is that the internal conflict is between the tribes. It's not as it was under the Muslim soldiers. But now the difference is that we are still living in the city, but even though many have gone to the refugee camps because of the conflict and... uh, Many are affected, as you have just mentioned the the food problems in the nation. It is a, something that the people are facing even the months to come. People don 't know how they are going to survive.
1: Yes, a very dire situation right now that we need to be in prayer for the nation of South Sudan and and the people really yes. of all Sudan and North Sudan too. We need to be in prayer yes. for this land. Uh, when was your family first introduced to Christianity?
0: Uh, I cannot recall exactly, but what I know that they were my parents. When I was born, I found them already Christians professing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So uh, I don't know which year, but I, I was born into a Christian family that believed in Jesus.
1: You were in a land at that time that Muslim belief was the dominant, and they were trying to convert you to Islam. Since you were a Christian, they were obviously trying to make converts. Was there persecution along with that?
0: Oh, yes, of course. Uh, There was a persecution. That's why uh, they had to chase them to the jungles, because if people... Refuse to accept the Islam. Many of them losing their lives. Many have died as as refusal to accept Islam. Oh my, Pastor, where and how did you meet your wife Rose? Uh, I met my wife in Khartoum. Actually, after the when things was not uh, working well in South Sudan, both of us, we many South Sudanese went to the north, Khartoum. And that's where we met.
1: Now, when did you leave South Sudan? You, you eventually moved to the Middle East. Was it Saudi Arabia that you moved? And what were the circumstances that
0: directed that move? Well, in fact, I was not intended to move to, 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 to Saudi Arabia. But uh, by then, growing as a teenager in, in Sudan, we have been discriminated. You cannot get a job. So you you begin to look any opportunity that uh, God will open for you so that you could go out. So it happened to me. I find a friend who offered me an, an opportunity to go out and to work in Saudi Arabia. And what kind of work were you doing? I was a manager of security forces in the hotels.
1: Of course, Saudi Arabia is also an Islamic state. Was it an issue of you being a Christian going to Saudi Arabia?
0: Absolutely. It was worse than being in Sudan, actually. It was worse than being in Sudan because in Saudi, we are not allowed even to carry our Bibles. We are not allowed to say Merry Christmas, wishing Merry Christmas to anybody.
1: How long did you live in the Middle East or Saudi Arabia before being accused and sentenced to death for sharing the gospel of our okay. Lord Jesus Christ? Ten years. Oh, you were there ten years before that. So yeah. up until that time, did you have opportunities to share your faith? And what was the thing that caused the sentence and be arrested and sentenced to death?
0: Yeah, of course, we, when we look to the uh, Great Commission of Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, is talking about Jesus commissioners to all nations. There is no a nation excluded that the gospel will not be shared. Every nation in the world. Only the difference is how to share the gospel. And that's how it was in Saudi, how uh, the way of sharing the gospel was a different that you have to do carefully in secret and also you need to know whom you are talking to.
1: Did you have good opportunities in conversation with those yes, and, and have opportunities to lead others to Christ?
0: Absolutely. I did a lot. Many, many, many that uh, have given their life to Jesus. Okay, so
1: tell me about the day or up to the point where you were arrested. What happened? What were the circumstances that caused that event?
0: Well, uh, uh, that event was... I believe they knew what I was doing as I, they found out where I was staying and having the meetings. So you were actually my, having church meetings. You were actually
1: meeting as believers. and Were you discipling yes. new believers?
0: Yes, yes. I was doing that. So they knew and they stormed into my house and found some of the believers and me and my wife, and we are all arrested. How were you treated
1: when you were arrested, and what were the conditions well, uh, in prison like?
0: Brother, That is, uh, it, it's, it's just between life and death. You are, you are because in that country, you're as a Christian. By then, you are treated, first of all, infidel, and uh, you are a dirty person. They don't consider you as a human being. So the treatment that they do to you, it's really worse than somebody who is a thief or somebody who has killed somebody. Uh, you are treated in a, in a very bad uh, level of, you. they don't care that if whether you are human, they do anything on your body. They just beat you, kick you, torture you, spit on you, anything they do. What about food were you given food? Yes, a little bit according to their size they not not to your wish that you want to eat.
1: Yes. How did God encourage your heart during that time? Did you fear dying for being a follower of Jesus Christ?
0: I never never fear to die because from the beginning I knew when I read the Bible the scriptures it's a very clear as a crystal when Jesus talked about this thing that has happened to him it will happen to those who followed him and so I knew what I was doing I knew what I have entered into so I knew anytime uh, Anything can happen to me. I was well prepared, and I was just asking God that when the time comes, I must not be afraid, and I must fulfill the Scripture that Jesus has said. So the
1: Scripture that you had was that in your heart, because you didn't have a Bible there, right? Yes. No Bible. No, no. Well, while in prison, did you have encounters with other believers in Christ, and how were they enduring their time in prison and the persecution?
0: Uh, well, I, in my time, we were three. I, three, three, we were two, and me three. Well, the level of faith is different, because even being a Christian or being a born again, our level are not in the same. So when I met my brothers who were together, I had to encourage them because they fear, they were living in fear of their life that any time they will be executed.
1: What was the means of execution? It just,
0: uh, you, are
1: being, you are beaten to uh, death. Yes. And what about your wife, Rose? she in a separate quarters in the prison?
0: Our actual rose was only for one night, and she was released, with the rest of the 17 brothers and sisters who were found in our house.
1: They were released. Now, how long were you in prison? Four months. What were the circumstances that led to your release, the punishment that you were facing? I understand that the U.S. Embassy was made aware of your death sentence, and it's interesting why the U.S. Embassy would have gotten involved with you being from South Sudan.
0: Yeah, but again, let me answer this. A U.S. embassy was not involved when I was inside. They got involved when I was released to be deported back to my country.
1: So what was the change? I mean, you had a death sentence from the Saudi government, and now after four months they're going to release you. What changed?
0: I believe it's a God because when I was, I think, a month and a half, God came to me at night and he showed me a vision that I, is this what he says, Son, do not be afraid. I am with you. And he opened my eyes to see a vision. In that vision, I saw a big gate. And in that big gate, I saw myself walking through the gate. And God says, fear not. You will walk out through that big gate you are seeing. Because of what God has revealed, despite of the torture and despite of attempt to kill me, I was not afraid because I have heard from God and I know God will not lie. What he has said, he will do it. So I stick in that vision, waiting for the day. I was not mind whether I stayed there for years, but I know one day I will (laughs) walk out of the gate. Doesn't matter. How many months, how many days? I know the day will come. They torture me, they beat me, they do anything. But deep in my spirit, I know the day will come because my God has spoken. He will not lie. He will do what has spoken to me. And until that moment, when I was released, it happened exactly. A big gate was open and I walked through the gate.
1: Pastor Yimba, all all praise and glory to God, oh my, having that assurance from the Father's voice, knowing that that's how he encouraged your heart to endure that time, knowing that you were going to be released. What does it mean for you to have suffered for the name of Jesus Christ?
0: It means that I I fulfill the scripture, fulfilling the scripture. Christianity, it's our, our life is not just living a life without fulfilling the scripture. I feel that um, even my suffering, when I was tortured, I was not angry. I was not discouraged because I know I was fulfilling what Jesus says. So it gives me courage, even though physically I have pain, physically I, I'm tired, but deep in my spirit. And fulfilling what Jesus have said.
1: So you didn't build hatred in your heart toward those who were persecuting you.
0: Never, and even I forgiven. I immediately. I. I never. I never came from this chamber of torture and go out with with bitterness, with anger, with unforgiving spirit. Every time I am tortured, I will say. Thank you,
1: my Pastor Yimba. What do you see as the greatest
0: need for the church in America today? The church of America today is to examine the Scripture very closely and to live according to what the Scripture says, because the. God has blessed this nation, my brother. This nation is blessed for a purpose of taking the gospel to the all nations. God blessed this nation to be a missionary. And every resources that God has given this nation is to build his kingdom in other nations that Christians cannot support themselves. Christians cannot do anything to expand the kingdom of God in those nations. But here is the thing. Uh, My experience being here, many Christians are taking everything for granted in this country. The freedom of worshiping God. Brother, you don't know people who are worshiping underground church when they come together they see God from their heart but today here where there's a freedom people don't care going to worship God people don't take God seriously people are more into material things which has diverted the faith of the believers brother
1: Mm. Yes. Oh, that's an indictment, a message that we need to hear, my dear brother. Now, you found it, Jesus is Lord Ministries. Why did you start this ministry, and what's the function, and where's the outreach of Jesus is Lord Ministries?
0: Uh, when I first brought, we were brought, taken to school, and I was a student, I didn't know anybody. I was by only me and my wife, and... The, the, the first experience to see is that even I was living with my neighbors, my neighbors could not greet, cannot come say hello. I cannot say hello to the neighbor. Everybody busy in his house. So I was asking God whether this is a, it was really, he brought me here to train me to extend his love to the neighbors. So I begin to uh, just going to the neighbors and introduce myself as I'm a believer in, of Christ. I'm here in the school and, uh, and also the Lord gave me a vision about binding the refugees. The, there are thousands of refugees who was brought from Sudan to America. And they were in different states, but uh, They were not connected to the churches, yet they were believers. They were struggling because of language, the culture. They could not adapt the culture. They could not adapt the way people worship here. So when the Lord revealed to me, I begin to go out to look for those South Sudanese Sudanese where they are, to encourage them to begin fellowships. To begin a home meetings, so that they can encourage themselves, wow. and from there, the ministry begin to grow. I begin to host conferences in every state, traveling back to Africa, to Uganda, to South Sudan, and everywhere today, Jesus' Lord ministry is also ministering in a different areas leadership training, uh, holding revival meetings for healing and deliverance, and Scripture has commanded
1: us to do. Praise God for that, Pastor. Do you mind me asking about your personal devotion and worship routine? What's your worship and prayer time like?
0: My prayer time, brother, it is what I consider to be, it's the gold, golden time. Uh, I spend time to worship God. I spend time to hear. I not only worshiping Him and also to wait upon Him for Him to speak to me, to direct me. I spend time, time, time—not a minute, hours—to before the Lord. Mm.
1: When was the last time you visited your homeland of South Sudan, and do you have any ongoing ministry there now?
0: Yes, uh, I've been going since two, I've been going since 2010. I, I was this year in May, I was in May until June, and I did a ministry of uh, Revival, training intercessors, and also, I trained army chaplains in South Sudan.:
1: Pastor, what is the proper way to become an intercessor, committed to prayer for the healing of the nations? Uh, the, the it's the
0: commitment Jesus came to the disciples when he was in the garden and said can you not pray for one hour just one hour he told this the three disciples so to be in, an intercessor learn how to commit an hour as a beginning to pray, and you crucify your mind, that you focus, that you are not distracted with the life around you. Even the challenges, maybe a sickness should not challenge you. When you come to that room to intercede for the nation, you surrender 100%. You talk to God and God talk to you.
1: You know, I read where you're a frequent visitor to the White House for prayer and global leadership initiatives. What have been mm-hmm. those visits been like for you? And you ever think a man from South Sudan would be in the White House one day? <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: never. I never thought of it. Even I, my, my friends, uh, never thought. But uh, it is it, a reality that uh, going there and praying you know, in the capital of the nation, your heart melting and your brokenness, not for your personal needs, but for the nation and the people that you want to see God's end. You want to see God's will to be done in this nation, despite of resistance in this nation. Pastor, despite
1: the chaos and the battle of the races and people's identities in this country and all the things that we're facing, is there hope for America? Can we see revival and a turn and a change?
0: There is a hope, and the hope is revival is coming. My brother, God is God, and as the remnant, there are remnant in this nation, That will raise the flag of revival. Soon we are going to experience a revival in this nation. And for those who will join the remnant, we will see the name of Jesus lift up in every state, in every city. And we can pray for that, right?
1: Yes. This has been wonderful. Let me remind our friends that we're visiting with Bishop Dr. Michael Yumba. He's the founder of Jesus is Lord Ministries with his wife, Rose. And he's going to be the guest speaker at the 2022 Overcoming Abuse God's Way Banquet called Broken for Such a Time as This, taking place at Bellevue Baptist Church, 2000 Appling Road in Cordova, Friday, August 26th from 6 to 8 p.m. There's going to be dinner and a silent auction. Tickets are $35 at Eventbrite Overcoming Abuse God's Way. Host for the evening is Overcoming Abuse God's Way director Janet Knapper and her husband Kenneth Worship by Paul Burks and Asia Saxophonist. It's going to be a great evening. And special guest speaker again is Bishop Doctor Michael Yimba, who is our guest today on Mid South Viewpoint. Pastor Yimba, those listening to our show today, if they want to learn more about your ministry, Jesus Is Lord Ministries, how can they discover more?
0: They can go to J I L M N dot
1: org. And that web address, again, friend, is J-I-L-M-N dot And there's some wonderful information because you mentioned, Pastor, that you do leadership conferences all over the country and even other parts of the world. On the website, that information is there. Yes. Very well. Well, God bless you, Pastor Michael Yumba. Thank you for what you are allowing Christ to do through you for His glory and for His kingdom. Thank you for being our guest today. We look forward to your visit here in Memphis, Friday night, August 26th, for the Overcoming Abuse God's Way Banquet at Bellevue Baptist Church. We appreciate you so much, our dear brother, for sharing your story with us today here on BOT Radio Network.
0: Thank you, Brother Brown, for giving me the opportunity and for your listeners. Thank you.
1: Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.